verse 10, we're going to talk about the difference right away here between Jesus and the devil. John 10.10 kind of breaks it down for us a little bit. It says this, the thief does not come except to what? Steal and to what? Kill and to what? Destroy. I, and this is Jesus speaking, have come that they may have life and they may, that they may have it more abundantly. The Amplified says it this way, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, to it overflows. Ha! The Passion Translation says it this way, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Ha! Until you overflow. Ha ha! Glory to God. Well, the thief comes to do what? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus does just the opposite. The Bible says here that Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself right now, but that's okay. That means, that means life where, where we're living whole and healthy. That means a life where we're blessed and prospering, glory to God. That means a life in which we're living with, under divine protection. And that means a life of success and victory. That's what Jesus Christ has come to give us. Life and life more abundantly. Life to the overflow. Glory to God. So if something has happened in a person's life and it involves stealing, killing, or destroying, who's doing it? It's the devil. Always. Always. Don't you believe for a second if it involves stealing, killing, or destroying, that it's our good and loving God doing it. Are you listening? Unfortunately, many Christians have been deceived down through the years into believing that God will use these kinds of things to teach us, His children, something. What a lie straight from the pit of hell. I think I might say that again. What a lie straight from the pit of hell. No natural father would ever do something like that to his children, would he? I know I've, you've heard me say this before. But if I went up to Riley and slapped her upside the head real hard. And I looked at her and she said, why would you do that for? I'm trying to teach you something. I'm, I'm trying to teach you something by, by causing you this harm, making you to cry, causing you pain. Why would you think of me as a father? She's looking at me and saying, because if you did it, I'd jump right back up and slap you back. <laughs> but the, it's, isn't it silly? What kind of natural father would do something along those lines? Well, how much more should that be true for our good Father who is in heaven? He is love. Are you hearing me? Does love go around putting sickness on others? Does love go around uh, 
breaking people's bones or causing them to be in accidents. That's stupidity gone to seed. Are you hearing me this morning? It's simply ignorance on part of Christians to believe such junk. In fact, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed. There's that one of those things the devil's known for. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. In other words, people's lives are destroyed either because they fail to have any knowledge and understanding of God and his ways and the devil and his ways, or because they've accepted something they've been fed by someone, maybe someone they trust, maybe someone that they love even. But what they've been fed is unscriptural. Should that be the way we live our lives? Like little baby birds, just open up our mouths and swallow whatever's put in it. Is that the way we're supposed to live our lives? Who are we? We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. We are children of God. And as such, hear me now, the final authority in our lives must be the Word of God. What does the Bible say? Not what Aunt Bessie says, but what does the Bible say? Not the traditions of man, but what does the Bible say? Not religion, but what does the Bible say? Not the denomination, but what does the Bible say? That's got to be our final authority. Oh my goodness gracious. And, and, and listen, if you don't know what the word says, do you not see, based upon that scripture in Hosea 4, 6, that you're opening yourself up to deception in the lives of the enemy and all the stealing, killing, and destroying he wants to bring into your life? See, what he'll come and do is feed you thoughts. And these thoughts contrary to the word of God. But you sit there and you ponder them. And you think about them. And you meditate on it. And then all of a sudden you go from thinking on it and meditating on it to speaking it out of your mouth. And then you go from speaking it out of your mouth to because you're saying it out of your mouth, you start to believe it. Then you start to act on it. Door is opened. Here comes the devil. And people wonder... Why they have issues in their lives. Is it God's fault? My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Can you see the importance of being taught the word of God? Can you see the importance of studying the word of God for yourselves? Can you see the importance of reading your Bibles? Can you see the importance of confessing the word of God over yourself? Can you see the importance of meditating in the word of God? I mean, you have got to learn to set aside time to do these things. You know, I was, as we were traveling to church this morning, and, uh, you know, we were praying, and I was praying in the Spirit, and I was looking around at some of the different cars, and I was wondering how many people go to church but not, don't even lift their voice one moment and pray to God and say, God, I'm expecting to get something today. They just show up. It's a religious thing to them. Should it be that way for us? 
Oh, we're going to see that it shouldn't be. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, this is a church that preaches the word. And we're going to keep preaching the word. And we're going to keep preaching the word. And we're going to keep preaching the word. Because see, the word of God is what sets us free. It's the word of God that gives us the victory. It's the word of God that puts us over in this life. And no matter what you may have heard, even if it came from my mouth or anyone else's mouth, I don't care who it is, your mom, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your best friend, if what is said doesn't line up with that Bible, then you need to throw it away. I'm telling you, this is going to help you. The devil will always come to deceive us. He will come with thoughts to get us to yield ourselves to something that isn't in line with the Bible. And if you don't know what the Bible says, how are you going to know that it's a deception, that it's a lie? Because see, do you know what the word deceive means? It means to believe something that's not true. But it because... It, the devil's so cunning about it. You know, he's been doing it for a long time. Did you hear me? He's been doing it for a long time. He is defeated. Jesus Christ has already defeated him. He's already under our feet. We've been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places. If you are a Christian, the devil is defeated in your life already. But we're still called to resist him. We're still called to come against him. We're still called to take thoughts captive that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and take captive any thoughts to the obedience of Christ. These are things we're called to do. But see, we shouldn't approach it like us and the devil are on the same playing field because we're not. Yet how many Christians do it? They look at the devil as face to face. He's face to face with me. Oh, he's a mighty foe. He's a defeated foe. My Savior, my Lord, my King has already whooped the devil. And now, because I'm in Christ, I've been made more than a conqueror. Woo! I like that. Jesus always causes me to triumph. Did you notice the word always? I mean, Wes is an Oakland Raider fan. And I bet you Wes would be so happy if he could come in here and say, have you noticed how the Raiders always win? Boy, you talk about a miracle. But, but, but we can go through this life victory to victory, not defeat to defeat. We're called to live in victory because Jesus already whooped our enemy. Woo, do you see that? He's already whooped our enemy. Glory to God. But we have to have knowledge of this. You need to know about it and then take advantage of it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So if it involves stealing, who's doing it? 
If it involves killing, who's doing it? If it involves destroying, who's doing it? Now look at John 10.10 again. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come. Has Jesus come? Why? That they, everybody say that includes me, may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now when Jesus says he's come to give us life, what's that referring to? A whole lot of Christians, they believe that it simply means that the moment they got born again, that they now get to go to heaven. But is that all there is to it? Obviously, it's true. When you get born, born again, heaven is now your home. But is that all there is to it? Others have the mentality when it talks about life here that it's referring to a duration of time. But that's not what this is referring to. How do I know? Because, listen, every spiritual being, whether born again or not, will last forever. Will exist forever. Say law. Stop and think about that. Oh my, that just kind of hit me. See, we always think about it from our perspective. We're going to live forever with God. What about those people out in the world who don't have Christ? They're going to live forever in hell. Forever. Forever. We get intimidated about sharing Jesus Christ with people. It's one of those moments, isn't it? It's just kind of, what are we doing? What are we doing? We need to get bold about our faith. My, my, my. So we're not talking about a duration of time here. Because everybody, if you've been born into this earth, you're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, but you will live forever. The way you go to heaven is how? Through Jesus Christ. The way you go to hell is because you reject Jesus Christ. You reject him as your savior. No, friends, listen. The word life here is used in this, in this instance... To a quality of life. It's referring to life as God has it. This life is the eternal life of God. Zoe life. It's life that makes the birds sing. And the grass green. It's life that makes the mountains so big and so tall, and the ocean so deep and so wide. It's life that, that makes the flowers so colorful, so bright. It's life that puts a sparkle in the eyes of parents holding their child for the very first time. It's life that puts a sparkle in a dad who has the opportunity to walk his daughter down the aisle, which I get to do real soon. Woo! Don't worry about that. It's life that causes a person to keep getting back up. Even though they've been knocked down time after time after time. Because they know as long as they don't quit, victory is theirs. It's the God kind of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, friends, this is a God kind of life. 
is far greater than anything and everything of the devil. I hope you heard that. This life is God's very nature. It's his essence. And the very moment a person receives Jesus Christ into their hearts as their personal uh, Savior, the eternal life of God goes into them. Whoo! Hallelujah. It permeates my being. I have the life of God in me. In my spirit, in my soul, in this body, I've got God's life in me. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That's my old sinful nature. Behold, all things have become new, and these things are of God. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. The old goes out, dead, buried. The new comes in. God's life, God's life, mm, his quality of life, his very nature, his very essence comes into me. Woo! Woo! If that don't get you excited, your woods are wet. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible also refers to it in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Listen to this. As treasure in earthen vessels. Mm. <sighs> Glory to God. We have the very essence, the very life of God in us. And it is a treasure trove. A treasure trove that we haven't even begun to tap into yet. Hallelujah. Friends, according to John 10.10, Jesus came to give us this eternal life. This eternal life, the God kind of life. Not just when we get to heaven, but for right now. Everybody say, I have the eternal life of God in me right now. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! And notice, <laughs> this verse doesn't stop after Jesus says he's come to give us life. It continues to say, and that they might have it more abundantly. Oh, I hope you wore your shouting clothes. <sighs> Those words. <laughs> More abundantly come from the Greek word perissos, P-E-R-I-S-S-O-S. I don't know if I'm saying it right, and I don't care if I'm saying it right. Some Greek scholars might say it's spoken wrong. I don't care. It's just a Greek word that I never use. I mean, I use it in Bible studies, but you know what I'm saying. I don't go around and say, how's your perissos today? But it is, listen to what this word means. Listen to this. It means... Superabundance. It means excessive. It means overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. Mm. One minister said it this way, and I like this. 
It's, it, it means more than, more than enough. Woo! The life of God in us is super abundant in quantity. It is superior in quality. And by implication, it is excessive. Oh, come on, Pastor Dan. You're telling me that God does some things excessively? Oh, yeah. Think about heaven. Think about God's sitting on the throne in heaven. His streets are made of pure gold. His, the, the gates are made of giant pearls. Have you ever thought about how big the oyster is? To make, I just was thinking about that the other day. I know that's silly. But isn't that where they come from? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just, I don't know. Anyway. And they got, and they got, and they got these big, beautiful uh, 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 jewels all adorning all over the place. And guess what else? No death. No death. Just life. 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 God's life is everywhere. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord. The life of God in us is super abundant in quantity. It is superior in quality. And by implication, it is excessive. Thank you, Jesus. And what about how he, God created the earth and all that's in it? I mean, if it was up to how a whole bunch of people make God out to be, there might be three fish, types of fish, three types of animals, three types of birds, and three types of flower, and they're all different shades of gray. But how many know that's not true? There are so many different kinds of fish out there with different sizes and different shapes and different colors. There's so many birds out there. You know, people are bird watchers. I wouldn't have a clue. I know one bird, and it's the eagle. Oh, I need to know. I like eagles. It's true. I guess I know what a parrot looks like, but most birds, I don't have a clue, but man, I like them. And, and think about the different kinds of trees and the flowers. Think about the different kinds of flowers. What's, I mean, they're so beautiful. Come on. Is our God excessive? Is this the way our God really is? Oh, come on, Pastor Dan. It can't be that way. Did God scrimp? And hold back because he didn't want anyone to think he was too excessive. Yet how many people get upset with ministers of the gospel who are blessed, might have a nice home, nice vehicle, nice clothes, nice jewelry. They get upset because you should give all that to the poor. Listen to me. You got to remind yourself of this. We got to think of it as a as a a, a uh, garden hose. We're a garden hose. You know what? You know what a garden hose? I'm, hopefully, I'm not I'm speaking above anybody's head on that matter. You turn the water on, and the water begins to flow out of it. That's us being a blessing. But guess what happens to the garden hose in the meantime? It gets wet too. I said, it gets wet too. 
It's okay for us to be blessed. In fact, we should be blessed. See, people think that, that, that by living all sick and disgusted and broke and, and all dull and bland, and, 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 and that, 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 that's somehow being humble. And that brings glory to God. I'm going to tell you a little secret. People who live that way are doing some false advertising before my God. I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting a little fed up about these things because I know that my God wants us, his children, blessed beyond measure. He doesn't want us to be bland Christians. He doesn't want us to be dull Christians. He wants us to demonstrate to this world how good of a God he is. And yes, sometimes it may get a little excessive, but that's okay, hallelujah. He's excessive. You know, people have issues with coming to a church like this because I get excited. You think I'm kidding? I have had people come to this church that have gotten upset with me because I got too loud. Do you think they're still here? Do you think I care? <laughs> Listen, we should not come to church with, with, with an attitude of we're going to be all prim and proper. We're not going to make any noise. We're not going to lift our hands. God's not like that. Boy, I have news for them. My God is. The one true living God is. If you come to this church, you're going to find out we get excited in our church. We get happy in our church. We get full of joy in our church. We lift our hands and worship in our church. Woo! Glory to God. We might dance in this church. We might run in this church. Why? Because we've got the very life of God in us. Hallelujah. you think it's going to flow out of us if you're sitting like this? Bless me if you can. I mean, think about it. People, people live like this. And then they go to the people in the world and say, you want what we have? Why would I want what you have? Why would I want to have go through life with a big old frown on my face? With a, you know, bent over, all disgusted and, oh, oh. You want some of this? No, I don't. I want, we as Christians to go out there as living billboards to the excessive, overflowing, superabundant life of God that's in us. Woo! Amen. Glory to God. We've got the life of God in us. We've got Zoe life in us. We've got his very essence. God, 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 God is in me. All his power, all his glory, all that he is, is in me. Why do you think Jesus said, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly? Because that's who our God is. I mean... Woo! Jesus became a man, right? He laid aside his godly attributes, became a man, just a human being, just like you and me. But when Jesus walked in the room, what happened? 
I mean, people, they knew something was going on here. Something was different about him. And, and, and if it was simply because, because he's the son of God, then it, friends, get a hold of this. Yes, he is, and he always was, and he always will be the son of God. But again, he laid aside those godly attributes. It was because the spirit of God came upon him, and wherever he went, Things changed, glory to God. People's lives got better, hallelujah. And that, my friends, is exactly the way it's supposed to be for you and me. When we walk in the room, devils should start crying. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's that, there's that Christine. We tried to take her out before with that sickness. She got healed. And now she's so excited about living for Jesus. When she shows up in the room, other people are going to get healed now. Shouldn't that be the way it is for all of us? When we wake up, the devil starts to quake. You know, it's so funny. Can I tell off on myself? I'm sitting in my office last night, and I put on my music, and I'm starting to pray. And all of a sudden, this is the honest God's truth. I'm sitting there, and by the angle where I was sitting, there was something in the uh, reflection in the window and the reflection I mean it looked demonic I'm just being real with you it looked demonic I mean it looked like something with you know these crazy eyes and all this stuff sticking out and it, it hit me at first I'm like and I said man I'm not afraid glory to God thank you Jesus I got the greater one living in me I got the life of God in me and then I realized what it was it was just a reflection of the uh, overhead lamp over there so but anyway but it doesn't matter Like nothing like that's ever happened to you. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is we got God's eternal life in us. Do you think the life of God freaks out when it sees cancer? Do you think the life of God, even for, I mean, I was just, I'm getting so far ahead of myself, but I can't, I gotta say this. Why do you think the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit? quickens brings life to our mortal bodies see as christians we shouldn't go around trying to get get healed we should all we should walk in health and it's because we got the holy spirit in us quickening our mortal bodies he's bringing life god's life in the inside of me i don't have to worry about any sickness of the enemy well, I mean, good God's life versus cancer. Ding, ding, ding. I wonder who's going to win. It's true. I mean, it's like you got lack in your life. You got life in your life. God's life in your life. There's nothing that you will face that's greater than the life of God that's in you. Jesus came to give it to us, and he came to give it to us more abundantly, more than, more than enough. See how this can change your life? So we're going to start talking about, in fact, I titled it, this is what I titled it, I titled it, Life More Abundantly, Life More Abundantly. I tell you, we're going to have some fun in here. Because, see, I want to go through the scriptures, and I want to show you how excessive our God is. I want to take you to different accounts and show you how 
incredible our God is. I'll set you up a little bit. You know, there's three ways we can live our life. Number one, not enough. Number two, just enough. And number three, more than enough. Or as Jesus said, more than, more than enough. We can live our lives one of those three ways. See, the children right now are having a more than, more than enough life going on. Hallelujah. <laughs> but think about that. How do you want to live? Just enough to get by? You know, just enough is not enough. And we're going to go through the scriptures and we're going to share some things with you and we're going to go into it. Mm, 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 it's so good. We're, and, and, and we're going to talk about also, we're going to talk about if it's in us, why isn't it impacting us more? Why aren't more Christians living above the elements of this world? Why are so many Christians living in failure? Just barely getting by. And in many cases, not getting by. Why is that? If you're born again, you got God's life in you. So what's happening? We'll talk about that. Aren't, isn't this going to be good? I'm so excited. Let me read, let me in conclusion. If I can find it. Praise the Lord. Let me share these scriptures with you real quick. Just got a few of them. Talking about the eternal life of God that's now in you and me. Uh, John 3, 14 says this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, how many believe in Jesus? Notice, should not perish, but have what? Have eternal life. Glory to God. John 10. 27, my sheep hear my voice. That's, that's a confession you need to make right there. I know the voice of my good shepherd, and I know them. Jesus says he knows you, and they follow me, and I give them what? Eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Glory to God, I love that scripture. No one shall snatch us out of the hand of our God. No one's going to snatch you out of the hand of your God. You know how many times has the devil come along? Probably told you, if you've messed up many times, he'll come along and tell you, God's, God doesn't love you anymore. God doesn't care about you anymore. You're a sorry rascal of a Christian. Boy, you're not going to be able Just tell him to shut up. Because, see, you're in the hand of Almighty God. And when the devil tries to get in, God just stumps the devil away from you because no one can snatch you out of his hand. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 2, 25 says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. And then 1 John 5, 11 through 13, and this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Friends, every one of you, if you are a born-again child of God, has eternal life in you. Again, we're not talking about a duration of time. We're not just talking about the fact that you now get to go to heaven when you leave this earth. I'm talking about a quality of life, a super abundant, excessive, above the ordinary, extraordinary life that God, listen, he wants us now to live while we're here on this earth. 
every single one of you, eternal life. Woo! Am I the only one that's getting excited? Woo! Thank God Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. More than, more than enough. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I believe, Lord God, this is the direction you want us to go in. I'm thanking you already for lives being changed. I'm believing in Jesus' name that the people in here, the children of God in here, born-again Christians in here, are going to get the revelation.